Hi, I'm Bryce. And I'm Jimmy. We are telecom and creative professionals. We're also fans of podcasting as our respective careers give us an abundance of windshield time. While there is a podcast for just about any obscure topic you can think of, there was no regular podcast pertaining to Montana politics. That is why with our combined powers, we are Montana Voices Podcast. We strive to be an independent voice for all issues pertaining to Montanans and Montana politics. We also strive to be very forthcoming with our personal biases as we attempt to see beyond them. Montana Voices Podcast does not operate in a vacuum. We need your support. Whether that be listening to our cast, providing us feedback, sending us conversation topics, sharing our content, or providing financial support. We look forward to a long career in podcasting with your added assistance. Well, welcome to episode 29 of Montana Voices Podcast. And we're entitling this one Reboot because we are rebooting. It's been a few months. Various occupations have kept us away from the microphone for a bit. Like any failing series we're adding some new blood and interesting character that's going to single-handedly double our ratings i think so we introduce you to bethany brown hi how's it going we are lacking bryce today but he is a part of our podcast we got off to a late start and poor guy has to work at 5 a.m which is unfortunate for him we very brutal well typically at this point we bring you through our old issues but i think we had bears some about danes and we were complaining about bullock and uh Spite surveys mm, yes. and Wisp. We've known each other for some time, Beth, and you heard our last podcast, which was twenty eight, where we had a uh, you know Republican hopeful Tim Johnson on, oh, yes. and you decided that I was way too far right, and you, this needed some new blood here. So <laughs> yes, well, I can uh, be a counter to that rightness with my leftness. Radical, radical left compared. <laughs> so, so, there, Indeed. Yeah, there. Uh, well, some pandering there, but it was nice to have him on. He's on to bigger and better things. He was on Voices of Montana, and then uh, he was on that other podcast that we don't name here. Oh. So, there's another podcast about Montana politics, which I, I, I don't think is as good. Uh, we definitely have more foam on the wall. Ah, yes. We won't speak of them. No free advertising for him, even though it looks like they are our first source. So we are talking about Tester and Danes for as um, polar opposed they are. And granted, they've never run against each other that they are often voting in the same ilk. And the only difference appears to be that, you know, Tester is a D in front of his name and vice versa for Danes. Yes. So, you know, I always sort of referred to Tester as a Clinton Democrat, yeah. as that he's the best Republican ever. I mean, he was for, you know, free trade and he's for defense spending mm-hmm. and farm bills, anything that brings the money down. But he's, you know, honestly, I think a Republican except for a few of his a few of his ideas. Any Montana Democrat who gets elected most likely is a uh, pretty centrist. Oh, uh, centrist and maybe even right, I think. Oh, I would say I mean, so. If you're going to have a shot in Montana, I have a feeling you're going to have to soften your left, your uh, leftist policy type thing. Well, even that, you know, that might be going even further left as, you know, areas such as Missoula gets more population and areas such as the, you know, Highline and more of these very rural areas are decreasing in population oh, yeah. just as the small towns which you know i thought that the digital age was going to save the small town because everybody was going to telecommute from two dot montana and live where they want and sans a few exceptions such as phillipsburg which we discussed in a previous episode where we're not seeing that revolution no. well glad they are getting along they uh danes and tester co-sponsored the cskt settlement bill the salish kootenai tribes here and on my part of the state have been trying to fight for water rights for the, you know, it feels like the past couple decades and are just starting to make 
make headway. Um, last big news they had, they retained ownership of the uh, Kerr Dam over in Polson, which has you know changed hands, I think, from... Shoot, it might have even been Montana Power at that time. But it's now in the hands of the tribe, and despite what some naysayers say, um, it has not exploded and caused a trade disagreement with Canada yet. Oh, good. I would always be skeptical of the motivations of the state and federal government in terms of their dealings with the native people. It sounds like it is supposed to save us $400 million tax dollars, this uh, agreement there. Yeah, trying, but you, I think you're right about a bit of skepticism there. I mean, they, we don't have the best track record dealing with them. I mean, they were they were supposed to die in the reservation oh, yeah, and that, no longer be a problem. Yeah, that was most likely the plan. I think it was literally the oh, plan. Yeah. Okay. We're not going to talk about blankets. Mm, yes, so. no blankets. It sounds like it would resolve a little bit of uh, conflict regarding that. But at the same time, a particular article I read really didn't have uh, much opinion from anyone in the tribe. So, I mean, it, it appears that the white people are happy with the bipartisan support for this bill, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I've read a number of articles on this, and um, I find it hard to believe that everybody from the the tribe is unreachable for comment. I mean, yeah. there's certainly elected officials, and they just had a tribal election, so this was sort of a big deal over there. You know, nothing, in, as far as I can see, any newsprint. Uh, you'll have to pick up the Polson paper and see if they have anything interesting, but... That's only available in print. Such a dinosaur of a of a platform. It I can understand, you know, one wanting to revise agreements that were made in the past that probably complicate how things run today without you know, everything has changed over that time. But yeah, I would I would like to hear a little bit more from the uh perspective of the people who would potentially be making a big compromise. You're absolutely right, and you know, and how well the federal government will deal with securing water rights because it's more than just water rights on the reservation affecting people directly on the reservation. Controlling water flow is a a huge thing as far as downstream and upstream, which is why that Kerr Dam decision uh, you know, a number of years back was such a big ordeal. There were people that argued that since the, the river starts up in Canada, that this could jeopardize our relationship with Canada if the dam were mismanaged, mismanaged say if it created flooding you know, further up north or if it flooded downstream. So, you know, certainly your estimate, we'll see how it works out. We'll keep you updated. But on more Indian news, uh, there's a Blackfoot language revival. It's not really a political point, but someone in Canada was managed to make an app for the to learn the Blackfoot language, only available on iDevices at the moment. Oh, that's very cool. Had to look it up because the Canadian tribes, there is the, they're the Blackfoot Confederacy. So there's four tribes total but they're all considered Blackfeet-type tribes. Um, I guess the best way to describe it is, uh, although they're independent and different, in fact, they even stretch across you know, national borders, like Asians, kind of. Like, there's a number of countries that are considered Asianic countries, and it's sort of the same thing with the Blackfeet and these Pacific Four tribes tr- stretching across the yeah, I like the idea of trying to preserve some of that. I-, I would say it would be wonderful if our governments actually would... Grant them a bit of a bit of funding for such things, being as we're probably uh, the ones responsible for depriving them of being able to pass on that language, etc. We absolutely are. Grandmother came from Canada, where she was part Indian, or a, a very small part Indian, not enough to get any recognition. I, I don't even think at the time, let alone now, when Canada was doing uh, 
resettlements and also we're, we're handing out land similar to our Western land grab, whereas anybody that can come and, you know, build a farm got whatever land they wanted pretty much or 180 acres, depending. I think it was 180 acres institutionalized. Your kids would go off to school and they would literally get beaten if they spoke their native language to each other or even hinted at it. Even a single word would get them beaten, which brings out the old saying that you, um, you know, save the man, you kill the Indian. Right. So kids would often turn up dead, perhaps the defiant ones that tried to hang on their language. And so my grandparents had a, uh, a homestead, which was allotted from the federal government. However, written in Canadian law was that if you were Indian, you were not eligible for a homestead. So at any point, the entire farm could be taken away from them if somebody even thought they might be Indian. My grandma denied she was Indian until the day she died, probably because of that reason, because Can't blame her. you deny your heritage to not starve to death. Yeah, it's dangerous. They made it very dangerous. Well, moving on to something that I think you might find interesting as a vapor yourself. Oh, indeed. But not flavored vape at the moment, I understand. Well, I completely forgot about all of that happening and walked into the vape store today and the shelves were bare. No tasty flavors for me. So it's just flavored vape? They can. St- is there a, just a non-flavored well, uh, vape? Th- you can have like tobacco flavor, which, uh, you know, oh. that's gross. I certainly wouldn't want any of that. One of the things that seems to be cropping up is uh, a lot of issues with black market THC cartridges. And they're kind of lumping these cases of issues with that due to being created with vitamin E acetate. They're kind of lumping those in with the vape, uh, regular vape juice, you know, just nicotine based. And uh, I'm thinking that that is causing some confusion. Because, of course, you know, uh, there's going to be a little bit of overlap because people will go in and be like, oh, doctor, my lungs, they're, they're all messed up. And they're going to say, well, uh, so what have, what have you been inhaling? And, you know, if they don't have a, a medical marijuana card and they have been using THC vape cartridges, they're probably not going to mention that. They're probably just going to say, oh, yeah, I've just been vaping normal old, good old, good old nicot- nicotine. You know, uh, I have been vaping. Would never do anything illegal, of course. Of course. So you're going to get a little overlap there, you know, with people who don't really want to admit that they've been using that. So, you know, there's, I think it said something like five cases of uh, that sort of thing happening here in Montana. Five. Five people. Yes, five. Great Falls lost more people to murder this past month. Uh, right, right. There's also, uh, I, I think there's a bit of confusion, I think. You know, some of these, one of the misleading statistics that I've seen is kids who use e-cigarettes are four times more likely to smoke cigarettes in the future than kids who do not use e-cigarettes. That's misleading in the sense that many, many people use e-cigarettes and vaping to get off of cigarettes. And if you've had a previous history of using cigarettes, chances are you're much more likely than the average person who has never smoked before to relapse and smoke cigarettes. And it says kids. I'm not sure exactly what age range of people they're uh, studying here. And and who made this study is going to be my next question. Because, I mean, just saying that, it it doesn't take uh, uh, other factors. FDA. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, it sounds like some government bureaucracy. Right. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I don't think there's too many of us that really trust the FDA to be a 
clear and unbiased, incorruptible organization. Personally, I have seen lots of people benefit from, you know, you know, if it's not just for their own health, honestly, for all everybody around them, it's a hell of a lot nicer to have people smelling like bananas or strawberries than cigarette smoke. We have definitely established what's wrong with cigarettes and what they will do to you. Yeah, we don't know as much about the long-term effects of vaping, but it's definitely been established that vaping is a better alternative to smoking. If you have a problem with smoking, that would be a good way to minimize that damage while still getting your nicotine. I mean, there are definitely uh, the idea of heavy metals heating up. You know, if you're if you're chain vaping and you're heating up a a coil inside the tank. Those could, you know, potentially be, if you're getting something cheap, that could be low quality material, could be some kind of mystery metal in there getting real hot. So yeah, that's, that's definitely a concerning thing. So, you know, people need to be careful, be responsible in researching how these things are supposed to work and when there may be a problem. So I think that's something people do need to be. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I am not a vapor, so I don't have the experience uh, in this area that you do, of course, uh, as a Somebody sitting in a cloud almost right now. <laughs> but you're right. It is a lot nicer than smoking. Uh, as somebody who's uh, been in used junkers where somebody's chain smoked in the thing and you can scrape the tar off the inside of the windows. It's I haven't seen that with vape. I mean, it is even as a non-vaper, it's, you know, almost pleasant. It's a, you know, something different. But I don't think. First of all, those statistics that the FDA pointed out, turns out the FDA, mm-hmm. they do, they're not considering a- environmental factors in there because there are, there are people that are going to smoke, that are going to use substances, that are they're going to vape regardless of what it is. And whether you, there are people that certainly vape and smoke at the same oh, time, yeah. you're not considering for, for those factors of people, for people that are just predispositioned to maybe smoke to begin with. Right. And yes, there's somebody that was going to smoke and then they also vape and you make a correlation between the two. But I can I can certainly see a small increase, but I'm maybe the right-leaning libertarian side is coming out of me here that I don't think that the state even has the ability. They, there is already a lawsuit over this, and I think this will probably go up to the federal mm-hmm. government or the Supreme Court unless it gets dropped because the state... Uh, doesn't have the right to do that, basically. Right. The smoke and vape products are regulated by the FDA, a federal agency. So I don't think Montana can decide to arbitrarily ban you know, a flavor. Right. We all know that the alarmist, angry people, um, they point at cigarettes and they say it's the same thing. Well, you know, uh, we, we certainly still have cigarettes on the shelves. Banning flavors, well, the, I think, of- is not really that helpful i just don't think it is is that a flavor in your hand right now oh yes it is <laughs> that's the flavor saying it's completely possible to get flavored vape at this moment depends actually if you know somebody who just makes it themselves at home and they just they're not selling it if they're giving it to you and they're just making some for themselves i suppose you could definitely still get it hmm. and there therein lies another potential complication of a ban such as this would you prefer that there be a facility where these things are being created, or would you prefer they're being concocted in Randy's uh, Randy's tool shed? Because 
Yeah, there's there's uh, that too. Uh, Randy's a good guy. I appreciate. Yeah, Randy's Randy. a good guy. So it's sort of, you know, I've been sort of watching the vape thing because it's been interesting to me to see how the, you know, federal and state government deals with vaping because vaping is a different industry than than smoking where there's a few monoliths that are huge and have, right. have had in the past massive influence and a, you know according to some people still do, oh, yeah. um, to see how agnostic our government is or is not being regarding those two because I think they're in. And a little bit of conflict with each other, even though some tobacco manufacturers are selling vape items. Uh, as I understand, they're not good vape items. But yeah, that's kind of the that's kind of the deal there. And I would say that really, uh, the war on vaping is a war against small entrepreneurs. You've got you know you have tobacco lobbyists and you have huge cigarette companies and tobacco companies. The majority of the vaping industry is very wide range of smaller businesses and the people who are, you know, crafting the juices, etc. There's a lot of people who in an economy that is, you know, less and less worker friendly, we're, we're getting to a point where, you know, you can't just go to a, go, go to work for a company and expect they're going to take care of you forever. You're going to have a retirement, etc. Your job's going to last. We don't live in a world where that's really a thing anymore. So when people go out there and they, you know, there's a new industry, they get in on the ground level and they start developing something, going into business for themselves. This is really a harsh blow for people in that category who have worked hard to try and establish something for themselves uh, and manage to start doing something. It's too bad. That's who it's really hurting here. I mean, suggesting that, you know, this this flavor ban isn't going to last for a long time. It's going to go away. It's going to be challenged or it's just going to be dropped completely by Bullock, you know, within the next couple oh, I of believe months. So. But who can survive a couple months of not making profit on their main item? I little mean, guys. your little guys are going to go out of business and suddenly there's only Marlboro branded, you know, Jewel. They're, br- they're bringing the camel back. Yes, it's yes, Jewel. Jewel is, is, it, is that Marlboro or Philip, Philip Morris? Morris yep. uh, I've seen it in gas stations and it's just. From my understanding, crappy crap. Oh, pod. yeah. Well, they but use little pods it, and whatnot. And, uh, I don't know. I, I've never been a fan. I've heard lots of stories of mismanagement. That'll be interesting when the you know, small companies literally go under because of this. You mean emergency vaping? Yeah. <laughs> this is an emergency. Five people have been affected. Right. Well, you're not the only person who has a bit of a conspiratorial mind when it comes to this as far as... You know, well, what's going to happen to all these people that are vaping when uh, they can't... Uh, when they try and shut down these shops and when, you know, don't have the fabulous flavors so people aren't aren't going to be buying as much for the fun of it. A very good chance that a lot of those people go back to smoking cigarettes and who wins there? Well, what do you know? Yeah, I know people that vape as a direct substitute. If, say, they forget their vape, uh, but I was with a guy, I was working with him and he forgot his vape charger and immediately went to the store and got a pack of cigarettes because yeah. he needed to have something orally. Yeah, I've, had, so, I've, I've seen that in action myself. It's not great. You've got smaller businesses that I really feel like, you know, a lot of sympathy and empathy for people trying to do their own thing. So you've got the little guy and you've also got the fact that, I mean, it has definitely been established that vaping is not going to kill you as fast, at least, as <laughs> as cigarettes are. So, you know, I mean, you can support small businesses, you can support people's personal rights to do what they feel like doing with their bodies, and you can support people having a choice. It's it's just, you know, it shouldn't all be in the hands of 
big tobacco companies. That's sort of my idea. People should have a choice. I mean, I never understood vaping to be a completely, just as an outsider, I'm like, ah, well, there's got to be some risk with it. Oh, absolutely. And I'm, I'm 100% willing to. I, I don't think your lungs are meant to inhale yeah. boiling liquid or whatever, uh, as I understand. Um, I think any reasonable adult can say, yeah, that's maybe not natural and there are probably some risks with it, but I still enjoy doing it. Right. That seems reasonable to me that as an adult, you'll be able to say that and take those risks into account. And same thing with smoking. I mean, there's a little warning on the pack. You understand it's not good for you, but if you still want to smoke, it's nobody's prerogative but yours, I think. Well, there's uh, warnings on the vape juice too. So, you know, it's... Oh, the, they got... Bu- yeah, yeah. I think where we um, sort of villainize and, you know, big tobacco is where, you know, they spent a good amount of money and a good amount of time knowing that smoking would kill you and doing everything they could to make you not know that. Right. So that's where uh, I, I think that that changed. And if Big Vape was doing that, if there was a Big Vape and not, uh, you know, Randy back in the shed, <laughs> that... That I would be against that as well, but I, I guess we might as well turn this into the 18 to 20 year old cigarette ban. That's uh, national now. You cannot smoke until you're 21. Yep, well, I suppose that works too. Well, I guess we have to decide when you're an adult. Right. <laughs> I, this has been the question with alcohol for ever, I think. You can give your life for your country, but you can't have a shot of whiskey while you're dying. But, right, well, you know, I, I'm of the opinion that younger people are a lot more educated today and they have a lot more ability to educate themselves if they choose to. And in light of that, I don't see any problem with uh, lowering voting ages, for example. You just want Bernie to I may. I may. (laughs) That may be a thing. You know, that is is a good point. I mean, you can... uh, Legally, you're not an adult until you're 18, but I use that military example. And you can sign up for the military on a a delayed entry program when you're 16. Mm. So you're making those adult decisions and getting binded into a lifelong contract, potentially. You still can't vote, which is interesting. Yes. You can't vote for your own direct commander-in-chief. Yeah, and that's... Yeah, seems a little backwards. Moving on to some deaths. Uh, I didn't know to hear about some unsolved murders, and apparently I didn't put the link in here. Um, But that was on the uh, Crow Reservation, I think. We're still looking. That was in the 80s. Uh, But moving on to current murders, Great Falls has been in even national news recently with the the casino shootings, which is unfortunate for you guys. Yeah, that's... Not good. Yeah, everybody seems to, you know, I, people like the idea of working a ca- in a casino because you get good tips, etc. But that seems like quite a risk. Yeah, you know, maybe a, a small, small risk. I think there was only one of 10,000 casinos in Great Falls that was actually hit, if I'm thinking right. Yeah. Well, uh, they, people a lot do of love to try and saying. rob them, though. There's- People really like to rob them. Yeah. Um, when I worked at a... That I can understand. I did work at a security company for a while, um, and panic button alarms i suppose you know there's not that many businesses that would have a panic button but by and large the only times there was actually uh anybody hitting that panic button for a real reason was when a casino is getting robbed and i did see that a few times Hmm. is this more frequent than i thought uh, it, it was? might and be a little bit uh, more I, frequent but not shooting people per se i mean they'll go in and threaten them yeah, that's you know and be like give me your money and it's probably about the extent of it i also had a ex-boyfriend whose girlfriend decided she was going to go try and rob a casino with her idiot boyfriend and 
Yeah, and she went to prison. <laughs> oh, well, sounds like that's exactly where she yeah. should be, uh. given these decisions. Oh, now I'm, I guess uh, we'll have to look up the numbers and how many casino robberies there are. I mean, it's... I, I don't feel that bad about casinos getting robbed, to be honest No, I with don't you. either, really. I should, but... Uh, it's the nature of the whole thing. I don't thing. think people should be robbing oh, them. Oh, no, no. But it's... I, my sympathy lies with the uh, casino attendants who have to f- deal with that. Kind of a alarming situation happening to them. And there's enough, you know, I, I, I don't know. Seems like some of these casinos end up kind of dead during certain periods of time. Oh, that would be... That's one of the reasons I would not personally want to work as a casino attendant i prioritize safety at work and just based on what i've seen this seems like a good place to have some unnecessary interactions yeah and yeah i just give them the money right oh yeah give I them mean, the money get them out of there yeah take the money take it i don't I, i'm benefiting from a <laughs> a sinful gambling operation oh, yeah. just take the money it is our penance go yeah i was a manager at an overnight uh Burger King, Burger Kings and Billings, and when they led the transition, they making them 24 hours, and they were all 24 hours. I couldn't tell you if they still are now, but one of the concerns was getting robbed because we were going to be open 24 hours, and it, upper management was like, well, you know, we, we should just not give them the money. I was like, nope, I'll throw an entire cash register at them. I could could care less. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what, yep. $500 in here what? is, just, and robbers should know that, that, you know, I don't care. It's not even my money. Yeah. You know, at worst, it's an inconvenience for me unless you're going to get physical, but I won't just give it to you. Right. I shouldn't suggest that Ro- to robbers. That they it's don't easy, pay but casino attendants enough to, uh, you know, be body no, they, shields you, for the cash register. Come on now. They do not work for Securitas or any other. No. They ain't got the Krav Maga. None, none of that. No. 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 The Blackwater or I mean, that's who should be uh, inside of our casino. Right, yeah, Black- <laughs> Blackwater. Uh, I do believe they've rebranded to something like Tiger Swan. Tiger oh, Swan. That sounds That sounds just as convincing. Yeah. That's, well, yeah, that's interesting. And that uh, follows up. We had those three deaths, and, of course, the uh, perpetrator was, was killed in, in the chase. Unfortunately, next to a school, which is, I think, probably, hmm. you know, one of the one of the bad things about this, I mean, there's a lot that people, I don't agree with gambling, but if, like I said, as an adult, if you want to gamble, yep. you should be able to do it in safety. So I, would agree. I guess if I understand, we still don't have the details on if this was a robbery or something else going wrong here. I couldn't tell you at this point. Could be a personal situation. Yeah, maybe. Well, uh, what else do we have going on here <laughs> about lighting? Ah, yes. Important to security. That'll be our segue into this. You know what it is? It is. You're right. Dark alleyways. But, uh, Crimes happen there. Once again, exactly. Out of sight, out of mind. Very true. Missoula's holding us back. My town. And Northwestern Energy wants to update all of their, you know, I think, high-pressure sodium yes. lamps, which are basically a big incandescent lamp to an LED, which mm-hmm. sounds like it would work. However, Missoula's raising concerns, or our uh, county or city and county commissioners are raising concern, because that LED lighting might not meet our very stringent lighting requirements for hue and brightness and etc. Yeah, I suppose I would have to ask you how you feel about that. Do you, are you a person who has big concerns about light pollution? Is that something you feel like is a problem? Sort of the opposite for Missoula. There is quite a few dark areas here, I think, because of this ordinance. One of the things it states is it can't 
carry over into other properties and have a certain intensity of from outside your property essentially or outside of the area it's supposed to be servicing maybe that sort of lends into the open spaces open places sort of Mm. campaign where we made a point to have these big open areas that are you know just you know an open area that's free to go to that people can can enjoy and of course there's consequences of that uh most recent one they opened up a uh, new conservation area right across the street from the largest uh, rescue mission in montana which is as far as i can see going exactly how everybody thought it would go uh-huh. yes it's oh we went there today and it's uh not pleasant uh, so, a lot of yeah needles and spoons and stuff actually yes yes yeah. there there was some needles quite a bit of garbage um which is um a lot of it was there before because this was right across before they just made the access easier in that area to get into that uh, area before you had to walk around and you know kind of hide down by the river to get to this this spot but now there's a staircase that leads right down to this area so it's not so much hiding so it always was kind of a crap show down yeah, there well i'm sure the junkies who used to enjoy their privacy there are very upset yeah they're have to move on or uh, i would hope not be junkies but uh, that's, you'd hope not but it's missoula <laughs> yeah, it's missoula out like to think they do better drugs, but the needles I found uh, today say say differently. Yeah, that's pretty unfortunate. I I keep hearing a lot of that. I, I hear that the drug problem is getting worse over there. It's too bad. Yeah, like for some reason, people finding needles is just a thing. Thousands of places to put them, but uh, you know, a junkie doesn't really care a whole lot. Just about every bathroom I see has a sharps dispensary. Man, yeah, that's that's different than it was, say. Seven, eight years ago, I never used to hear it that often, but it's happening. Yeah, and there's people that are against that. I mean, the opioid crisis is in full effect, and it's not just a Missoula problem, oh, no. but Missoula, you know, you might argue that it's a, a chicken and an egg thing, whereas we, Missoula, makes a point to have these resources for the homeless and for people that are, you know, disenfranchised in one way or another, whether that's solving a problem, which which it definitely does, or if it's also attracting a problem to come to Missoula. So I understand other places, um, you know, you don't get to be homeless in Bozeman, as we discussed on a previous cast. Being homeless in Bozeman gets you a bus ticket to oh, Missoula. Oh, well, that's that's wonderful for Missoula. Also wonderful for Greyhound. Oh, well, yeah, um, I'm sure. That's a nice contract for him, right? Used to know, um, you know, a person that worked at... Uh, you know, a bus station, and it was a consistent problem. Somebody would be, you know, picked up in downtown Great Falls and would be shipped on a bus, usually to Missoula, sometimes Billings, would just get that problem out of your neighborhood, and then they, this person would get sent on a bus, and they'd have the same problem wherever they came from, and oh, yeah. the police would ask, where do you want to go? You don't live here, and they'd say, Great Falls, where they're from, and they would get shipped right back. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Shuffling, just shuffle them around. Yeah, yeah. It's suppose it's warm on the bus, I guess. Yeah, thank but. God it's warm on the bus. Uh, but yeah, as far as I would say, in a city where you have considerable homeless and drug problem, you probably want places to be decently lit if people are going to be, you know. And, I, and I'd say if you're an astronomer or something, uh, there's lots of wide open spaces all around outside the city that you could go to. I mean, if you're, I mean, I'm trying to think of what would cause a real problem as far as light pollution goes, and I, I, I immediately think of uh, the Seinfeld episode where Kramer has a chicken shack neon sign outside of his window, and uh, I mean, nobody wants, nobody wants 
that kind of weirdness, but I don't think that's what this is uh, <laughs> what this is helping or supposed to help because I'm pretty sure that kind of thing already exists and nobody's doing anything about that. Who's who's being affected by this light pollution that that's so upset? That is a good point, and another point to consider as well is that Northwestern Energy is going to be upgrading these and directly, since they are a regulated monopoly, pass those costs directly onto the consumer and, of course, the savings as well for the city in this case because they do charge the electricity to the city. It's not free. Yes. There is no free lunch, Beth. But So Northwestern Energy would be funding it, being paid back by individual consumers, and then the cities would be eventually saving money on electricity rates as they slowly get replaced. Right. So it's sort of a, you know, almost a, a win for Northwestern Energy because the uh, Public Service Commission pretty much guarantees, well, they do guarantee them profit in every single venture they mm-hmm. do, including replacing light bulbs with a different type. <laughs> so there is some, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, such as regulated monopoly, which is something we've discussed in, in great length of the Public Service Commission and their, you know, maybe failings, um, especially when you have the Public Service Commission, not the chairman, but the coal strip guy, I can't remember his name, but he went on a, uh, the podcast that we don't mention and, and was very clear that it's not the Public Service Commission's responsibility to, to represent consumers. Well, uh, that wouldn't yes. shock me. Uh, I personally... There- I- pretty skeptical of both groups of people who would be calling the shots on this like they're both pretty uh corruptible have a history of issues so i don't know um you know who's got who's got the consumer uh, in mind i don't know oh well you know really nobody no so the consumer <laughs> sometimes but i'm also a little surprised that missoula isn't jumping on there there is some electri- electrical cost savings and not just for saving money, but for our environment right. in general. Yeah, that's that uh, that's why I would uh, I would say probably the answer to that whole question is to give the people time to research what the what exactly the implications would be of the way that Northwestern Energy wants to do it, and it might take time. But I, I'd rather they take a little time to make sure it's that nobody's going to be getting royally screwed before moving forward but yeah overall it sounds like it would be an improvement and it will be an inevitability eventually i'm sure to upgrade those to leds well yeah i mean leds have been around for 20 some years in a like a mass basis right yeah so other probably cities about time. have entirely done but nobody wants to get you know everybody hates seeing their rates go up i certainly do so i guess that amber that greenish sort of tint glow that you see from the street lights mm-hmm. and the amberish green, I guess that'll be a thing of the past. I can just, everything's LED, it's that harsh white light, or, but of course they can tint it as anything they want. But, but my nostalgia. It's not how it was in the old movies. It's Yeah. Oh, well. Yes, we'll uh, carry on to our last, last bit of business is about the little show. When we wrote down the script for this one, the little show was potentially going to be an actual tribe with federal recognition, and now it looks like it actually is. Cool. So we stuck it into a defense bill. Yep. Well, that's how you get things done. You attach it well, to something yeah. we can't live without. Defense. Well, <laughs> I mean, you know, we sure like to pass defense spending. So, you know, yep. you just tack your uh, special little uh, project onto, you know, say like the the budget, you know, whatever. You know, you got to keep things rolling. If you just attach something like that, yeah. 
sometimes that can work for the better. Well, sometimes, um, you know, for a brief moment in time, Bill Clinton had line item veto. So we could go through and just be like, yeah, this is a great bill except for this. Let me get my Sharpie. Yep. Just handle that. And then uh, apparently that's unconstitutional or so we're later. Yeah, I suppose. Whatever. So, I don't know. Oh, uh, what a different time. <laughs> a a House and Senate of Republicans gave Bill Clinton line item veto. That is very shocking. That's that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. What a different time. <laughs> it really is. Can't imagine that happening today. No, where I cannot. Oof, man. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Which is... I mean, you I know, it would be probably be safe the... during this presidency since I don't think he reads much of anything. I can see him, you know, make-believing and having fun with a Sharpie, though. Yes, <laughs> make-believing. <laughs> It'll be a fun game. Oh, we don't need this. Yeah, like I mean, he already does. That's <laughs> just part of the above, sir. Like, oh, well, it's gone now. We try to... We typically try to avoid federal politics ah, uh, makes sense in the past, me. but... I, I um, take it back. But a quick blurb. No, don't take it back. <laughs> we, we've already gone there. It's been been opened up. We are in impeachment fervor at the moment. Indeed we are. And I don't think it works out well for anyone. No. I've been telling people. Well, except maybe the president. I think that, I think it works out all right. Oh, yeah. Him. It sounds like it works great for him. Well. He's a, he's a Hollywood man. He's a, a whole lot of fun for him. Well, I mean, there there is no bad news. It's sort of the, the old thing of people are talking about you. That's... That's good. Mm-hmm. And there's yeah. no shortage of rhetoric on this. So I, I, I don't think it's... I'd be very surprised if it went through the Senate and, and got passed. Oh, yeah. I'd be very shocked. Personally, I've I've always felt that, you know, should just let him... Whoever we we can identify this movement as, let them cry it out and let them do their thing for four years and then we'll move on. I think you're kind of fueling, fueling some of the paranoia that is already there if you go after them well just let them have their time let them mess mess everything up and hopefully they'll realize by then they're like okay we messed things up it's good and now we're done and we're gonna take a nap (laughs) if you give them a bunch of coffee in the form of uh impeachment we're gonna have people wanting to get involved in the the you know the big the big drama of the century you know, and, I, and I think you, you're even right if there. you could That's... remove him, how much good would it really do necessarily? I mean, there's been so many people appointed in there. There's already, you know. I mean, there's. Uh, they must really like Mike Pence. I mean, that's. Uh. It's. I, I, I don't, and that's a big reason I don't think. Uh, I would. I would rather Trump kind of muck around and not know what he's doing, and hopefully accomplish not that much, than to shove him out and have. Someone like Pence, empowered by all of the corrupt craziness that's, you know, all of that power for him, he's going to do more with it. And I know he's coming for women's reproductive health, etc. That's definitely something that he would love to come for, and I don't want it. What? And, you know, hey, Trump's probably paid for many an abortion. I mean, that, I- I'll just uh, let him ignore him. that issue. <laughs> but Trump, I don't think he's done much on the subject of abortion, and he did campaign exactly. on it. Uh, he's all talk. Uh, when it comes to that, and which I am grateful for. Just leave it alone. Be distracted by something else. This impeachment, that's a great distraction. So Yeah, well... So, make up of the, the Senate, where this needs to pass with a two-thirds vote, that's 66%, is really close to 50-50, 51-49 for, for the Republicans. There's a few independents in there, such as Sanders, who is 
you know, undoubtedly going to vote with the Democrats on this. And mm-hmm. another guy who was a Democrat but recently decided to be a Republican. So, oh yes, yeah, another independent, but make up fifty-one forty-nine. So you would need was that some twenty some Republicans to change their mind and on Trump. <laughs> that's a lot of mind changing. Yeah, it's a lot of mind changing. That's I don't think it's going to happen, which is Mm-mm. maybe unfortunate I'm for them because you know things. Even if he's president or not, things are going to work out just fine for Trump. He he's set. Like he's there's money to be made. He's, right. He was golfing. Yeah. He was golfing during the <laughs> <laughs> Things are going to work out well for him, but then you have these people that really bat hard for him and just dig their own graves it sounds like. I'm we're watching Giuliani do it whereas he oh, uh, Giuliani I, is he's the next fall guy. He's and he's Setting himself up for it perfectly. Right. Yeah. Uh, make room Chris Christie. Yep. Chris Christie. Yes. Chris uh, <laughs> Christie can't make room for much. But <laughs> Chris Christie came. Ah, uh, gee. <laughs> we shouldn't. All right. As I, Oh, uh, sorry. <clears throat> as I self-identified husky man, I, I can make these jokes. Like the, uh, <laughs> like only black people can make fun of blacks. So that's, it's the oh, same thing. Fair. As a that's fat fair. person, I can make fun of Chris Christie. I'll leave the cake jokes to you. Excellent. I'll I'll run with it, but good, good, good. Yeah, you know, Giuliani the next to go down. I mean, Christie. There was Manafort, who I guess was just acquitted, if I understand right. I believe so. Yes. All right. Well, that's I did not see it was that acquitted coming. or indicted or something. I don't. Know. Oh, no, I, I, that I don't remember. Well, it's I think being appealed again, but he was the case was dismissed by the uh, New York court where it was tried. Ah. So, yeah, this is good news for him. Yeah, very. Dumb. Well, I don't think Manafort has much of a career left and can't do much of anything else, I, I would think. Uh, probably not. Yeah, so... Maybe uh, I'll write a book. Yeah. So why these guys, you know, bat so hard for Trump, who's, you know, just going to cuck them, essentially? Yeah, I don't really understand it. Uh, There's some loyalty, I guess. I mean, they have seen the Trump following and the Trump fervor and want some of that for themselves, is all I can figure. I mean, there's... I think they just don't want to be at the the angry end of it. If he does end up being our, you know, our god emperor, then they want to be safe from his wrath. If he either I imagine he probably functions similar to the Clinton motto of if you're not with us you're against us. Uh, oh, he he absolutely does. Absolutely yeah, does. They have more in common than we would like to think. Yeah, almost like In it- fact, they wouldn't have hang out with each other and have uh, overlapping friend circles and everything. Yeah, um, very interesting. When they when he first started running, I thought it was just to help Hillary. Honestly, it's like they're old time friends. That completely makes sense. And he Mm -hmm. was formerly even self proclaimed Democrat before he changed his mind and started to run Republican. Yeah, you know, I I actually kind of thought I always kind of thought maybe what happened is you know he was just kind of a joke candidate, but he just got a taste of. the possibility that he could really, his brand could really benefit from this exposure. And then he just got, he just kind of ran away with it and, you know, ended up ended up with the presidency. And maybe that was the plan was for him to be a joke. But I heard he was pretty surprised when he realized he'd won. <laughs> uh, as was I. So. <laughs> me too, me too. We we're all very surprised. Yeah, long for the days of the responsibleness of Chris, uh, not Chris, Chris, Mick Romney. Remember Mitt Romney. Oh, Mitt Romney. Very buttoned up. his magic underwear. All right. We got off the train on that one. Um, Sure did. (laughs) 
well, it doesn't make sense for the Democrats. It makes less sense for Republicans. I don't think this works out well for Democrats. Um, it's going to embolden the Republicans. And when this all fails, it just shows how little they can actually get done. Why would we want to elect one of them? So it, it, all right. do they want four more years of Trump? Because it seems like they're batting for him. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, look at what he's going to have done to the Republican Party as far as well, what values does Trump espouse that the right is supposed to represent? Have you seen our spending? Uh, no, it's I, I have, and it's not conservative fiscal policy, that's for sure. It certainly is not. Certainly is And not. then you got all the porn stars and the what-have-yous, and he didn't do the multiple wives, and, you know, uh, hush money and Epstein connections all over the place. So it's like, you know, I mean, what what exactly is it about him that represents you besides, you know, the corruption? Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but that Epstein guy didn't kill himself. Yeah, that's what I... You know, I don't think he would. Hmm. Well, somebody couldn't live with him. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, we'll yeah. leave it at that. Uh, hate if we were involved <laughs> in any accidents. Indeed, indeed. We will leave that one alone do they represent and sort of the thing after he really became a candidate that was running and had some potential i was really hope the republican party was really split on it there was some really hard always trumpers and really hard never trumpers like i i can't do that um does my hatred of hillary overcome my <laughs> just uh, that bad taste in your mouth that trump leaves you but mm -hmm. yeah, apparently a majority of them got over it so oh yeah they they all bent the knee <laughs> exactly. Ironic. Let's quickly tie back into Montana politics. Uh, John Tester, who, of course, ran essentially against Trump. I mean, I, I honestly, Rosendale. Was it Rosendale the last election, I believe? I think so. All hat, no cattle guy. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah, that's the guy. Yeah, and, uh, Marilyn Matt, or I, I might be wrong on that, but I can't even remember the candidate because Tester was running against Trump. Was that Dr. Candy guy? That, uh, you know, Tester had the audacity to question. Mm, yes. Yeah, I can't remember his name either, but he uh, was appointed to be the head of the VA, and apparently he was a d Mr. Feelgood doctor sort of type guy. And Yeah, Mr. Feelgood. Yeah, and, and Tester sort of uh, outed him in the uh, congressional hearing. The nomination got away. I mean, wasn't going to go through, and so he withdrew. But then Trump had it out for Tester for quite some time. Oh, yes, yes, indeed. So I, I don't think we'll see him again. He has bigger fish to fry at the moment. Oh, yeah. So to speak. Yeah, I'm thinking so. So he won't that's, be... That's how I hear it's going to go. Won't have to uh, endure the cost of a, uh, you know, another <laughs> another presidential trip to Montana. Be his well, he did send uh, Donnie Jr. up here a while ago, didn't he? Uh, I, I think Donnie Jr. just likes to hunt bison or something. Oh, okay. That's fair. Yeah, there's been rumors um, that he is going to get himself a ranch somewhere around here. A private reserve oh. ranch for hunting, it sounds like. Well, that's unpleasant. Yeah, uh, well, Bozeman always has room for another billionaire. Or millionaire. Yeah, joke. Millionaire? I, I couldn't even tell you. Gotta see Bougie. them tax return. Yeah, that'll be interesting if he does become a Montana citizen. He can vote against Tester personally. Oh, yes. Well, wouldn't that be good for him? Who I think is termed out, by the way, so... Yeah, he, yeah, I believe so. He's been in there a while. Yeah, so he'd have to go to the House or the governor. Which, um, obviously, if he wants to run again or wants to get back to wheat farming. Big dirt. Yep. 
Big Dirt, Big Wheat. Yeah. Well, I think we have gone through our list here. So that has been episode 29 of Montana Voices podcast. Uh, joined by New Young Blood, who uh, I guarantee will double our ratings. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we'll- that's right. Driving them up. got our website it's going to be montanavoicespodcast.com if you'd like to email us it's going to be montanavoices at gmail.com our twitter page as usual is going to be at montana underscore voices then our facebook page where we are currently live at right now is going to be at montana voices podcast then uh, you can find all of our episodes on youtube just search for montana voices podcast here and then 